How does one live as a humanist? What are our values? What is unique about living as a humanist in Northwest Ohio? My name is Douglas Berger, and this is Glass City Humanist. School vouchers have been an end around the separation of church and state for decades. They allow a state to fund private schools, and most of those private schools are operated by religious groups. Political conservatives also use vouchers to choke the funding of public schools with the goal for there to be no government-run common schools left. Ohio has recently had a confluence of these two viewpoints as the conservative-dominated legislature was set to expand a school voucher program using a flawed performance model that private schools don't even have to abide by. The proposed expansion also drew a large coalition of districts into the fight because it would start hitting previously untouched and thought to be good suburban schools. I'll discuss these issues and more in today's episode. The school voucher program in trouble in Ohio is called Ed Choice. Before we get into the nuts and bolts discussion of this program, let me play the audio from a news report by reporter Tim Miller and broadcast on WTOL here in Toledo on February the 25th. Well, today, tonight, the debate over Ed Choice vouchers rages on here in Ohio. Public school leaders saying private schools are getting preferential treatment, while private schools don't want the public school systems messing with their success. So who's right here? Our Tim Miller finds out if Ed Choice is saving schools or stealing from them. The battle lines are drawn on Ed Choice, the state program that allows students from underperforming schools to get a voucher to attend a private school of their choice. The game changer? State lawmakers expanded vouchers by adding hundreds more public schools to the underperforming list, forcing them to offer vouchers. Public school leaders have pleaded with state lawmakers in recent days to limit the reach of vouchers. We've lost over $70 million to Ed Choice. Can you imagine what we could have done with that money? I think of a few special ed classrooms I'd love to fulfill there. If the state is going to have a voucher program, the state should pay the freight, not my community and my students. But parents of kids who go somewhere new with an Ed Choice voucher have emotionally pushed state lawmakers to save the program. Teachers, too. I feel like I want to give my daughter a better opportunity because I just believe that she has it in her and right now I see a lot of results and I'm very very proud and I just feel like I needed to say that. It would be truly tragic if 85% of our student population would no longer qualify to be served and Holy Family School would be forced to close its doors. Most outspoken in the battle against expanding the voucher program, Washington local school superintendent Katie Anstad. It's, it's outrageous. With EdChoice expansion, Washington local would have eight of its schools on the EdChoice list in the fall and they would have to offer vouchers. Anstad doesn't hold back on what happens when students leave for a private school. Okay. We shouldn't have to steal from a kid at Whitmer so that your kid can go to Central. When a Washington local student uses a voucher and leaves the district, they get $4,600 towards tuition at the new school. It's $6,000 for a high school student. Money that public school districts have to come up with, even if they'll no longer be educating them. Anstat says Ed Choice expansion could cause a $700,000 loss to Washington local schools. She calls this stealing. It is. It is because of the way the state is funding it. I'm not saying the Catholic Church is stealing, right? I'm saying that because the way the state has set us up against each other, that's what it is. I mean, literally, my kids have less 
so that your kids can go to a private school. Once that money goes with the student to a private school, it's gone forever. If the student never comes back to the public school, the money doesn't come back with them and costs public schools even more. This is money that's never been in our budget and never will be in our budget. So I think that's what hurts so badly. What's the good word? Kevin Parkins agrees changes need to be made on how public schools are funded, but as head of school for Central Catholic High School, he celebrates what the vouchers are doing for many of his students. He tells us there are many success stories with Ed Choice. I think of a young man last year who graduated uh, who found himself and, and wants to be a, a pastor in his local ch church in town here. Not Catholic, Christian young man. He came in and Without this opportunity, without a choice, he never would have been able to kind of refine that. Remember what the Washington local superintendent said? We shouldn't have to steal from a kid at Whitmer so that your kid can go to Central. Parkin says that's just not fair. Uh, it's too strong because it's alluding to the fact like, no, this is the state law that's been established. And that's alluding to also in some ways that our parents are doing it because we're not. We're not taking that money as Central Catholic High School. It's simply the parents are using that money as a choice vehicle to get their kid to a school that they believe in. Parkins hopes public and private schools and state lawmakers can find common ground because of what's at stake. We still have to play in the sandbox. So we've got to figure those things out to make sure that we're having the best education available for our kids. But Katie Anstad of Washington Local Schools says state lawmakers have to stop the EdChoice expansion. It should not be at the expense of a Whitmer student. Someone else should be paying Ohio or whomever. The Ed Choice expansion with all the extra schools will kick in when applications are accepted starting April 1st, unless there's another dramatic development with lawmakers in Columbus. Tim Miller, WTOL 11. Obviously, the problem with school vouchers is they are used to give tax dollars to private schools. And most of those schools are operated by religious groups. They further work around laws against direct funding of religious schools by laundering the money through the parents. The EdChoice program works this slightly legal magic when a student is accepted into a private school. The school then walks the, the parents through the voucher application process. The money then goes to the parents and then they pay the school. Vouchers are given if the student would be attending a specific school that is deemed failing by the flawed state report card system. The school only has to fail one category to be put on the voucher list. As noted in reports on the issue, a district could be a great district overall, but it might have one building with problems and students attending that problem school would be eligible for vouchers. The categories a school is judged on include performance, graduation rates, being in the lowest 10% of performance, third grade literacy, and if a district is in academic distress. Again, a particular school only needs to fail one of those categories for two report cards. So what report cards are they comparing? The, currently, the report cards are based on data from 2013-2014, 2017-2018, and 2018-2019 school years. Why is the data from six years ago being considered? Because state tests were changed and the legislature put in a, quote, safe harbor, unquote, 
for data from the 2015-2016 and 2016-2017 school years. According to a report by the Dayton Daily News, the number of individual schools where students are eligible to leave via voucher rose from 255 to 487 this year and will skyrocket to 1,233 next fall, more than one-third of all Ohio public schools. The number of districts with at least one affected school rose from 32 to 137 this year and will soar to 426 of Ohio's 610 districts next year. The State Department of Education reported that 30,106 students are using traditional EdChoice vouchers tied to underperforming schools, a 30% increase from last year. Another 12,312 are in the state's voucher program for low-income families, a 15% rise from last year. Private schools don't have report cards and they no longer even have to give students assessment tests like public school students take. How do we know the student is going to a better school? Ohio Department of Education spokesperson confirmed there is no verification of educational quality required of private schools who accept EdChoice students. Those schools must comply with a series of state operating standards, but none reference academic performance. Research shows that private schools are no better than public schools, and in some cases, math test scores get worse for voucher students. And we'll have some links to some of these reports and, and research up on the website for this episode at uh, glasscityhumanist.show. Private schools have admission standards and aren't required to accept all who apply. Most don't accept special needs students. Teachers don't have to meet the same standards public school teachers have to meet to be hired or maintain their qualifications. Private school teachers usually have no union support and are paid less than public school teachers. Tax dollars are being spent on private schools without any accountability. Some of the same political conservatives who support these vouchers demand accountability for any other expenditure of tax dollars. In fact, the obsession with vouchers and state testing comes from a conservative ideal that everything must have a return on investment or exposure to a free market. Even public schools, which are so not on the same playing field as a private school, is asked to put out a better product so people will use their feet and come to them. It's a utopian fantasy because the rules are rigged and the funding that could be used for a better product is being choked off and given to private schools. The money used to provide these vouchers comes directly from property taxes paid to the public school district in question. And as the WTOL report mentions, if the student comes back to the public school district, the money does not come back with them. One local district in Lucas County, Washington Local Schools, had no vouchers in 2019. Based on the expansion, they would have 120 vouchers in 2020, which would be a $708,000 hit to their budget. 
Public schools can't make changes that quickly to make up for that loss of funding. The voucher expansion is coming at the same time that the state has frozen aid to the public schools. I wanted to share with you right now a uh, clip from the committee meeting uh, last week talking about changes to the EdChoice program. It was attended by many people from school districts around Ohio. And the clip that I'm going to play for you right now is a teacher and a school board member from Washington Local Schools here in Lucas County. And uh, they're going to talk to the committee about why they want to see changes made to the program. Let's take a listen. Next, we have Washington Local Schools, uh, Mark Hughes, Jennifer Gent. Welcome to committee. Thank you. Uh, Chairman Jones, members of the conference committee, my name is Jennifer Gent, and I'm a reading teacher in the Washington Local School District, and have also been elected to serve as the president of the Teachers Association of Washington Local Schools, located in Toledo, Ohio. On behalf of my 495 members and the roughly 7,000 students we serve, Thank you for the opportunity to provide testimony on the EdChoice Voucher Program. Over the course of the past six years, my district has not received $77 million in state funding due to being a capped school district. In essence, we are not receiving any state funding for roughly 30% of our current student population, 30%, roughly 2,000 of our current students. This is Zayden my child, one of the 2,000 students in my district that currently is not receiving any state funding for his education. Despite being shortchanged in our funding, year after year, we continue to strive for the best, to the best of our abilities to provide an excellent education complete with individual attention, which will lead to infinite opportunities for all of our students. As a result of the state funding being withheld, recently my district was forced to reach out to our Washington local community for additional local financial support to maintain current programs and services. In November of 2019, our amazing community passed a monumental operating levy and bond issue in support of our Washington local community. We were ever so grateful to our community for their support and excited for the opportunities that lie ahead. Sadly, the excitement was very short-lived. A week later, we were crushed to learn that eight of our 11 school buildings were now being labeled as failing, based upon flawed school report cards. This unjust labeling results in dire consequences moving forward in our district's ability to provide educational excellence for our current students. Furthermore, one-fourth of voter-approved new funding from our recent levy passage in November is now being earmarked to fund potential EdChoice vouchers rather than current programs and services for Zayden and the roughly 7,000 other students. Myself, my neighbors, my Washington local community voted yes to support Washington local schools. We did not vote to have our local tax dollars fund private school tuition. Current legislation is resulting in our local tax dollars being stolen away from our students to fund private school tuition via the EdChoice program. In addition, 
Continued loss of local revenue will result in further negative implications, such as larger class sizes, and a reduction in programs and services for our students. Moreover, an even greater burden will be placed on local taxpayers to fill the void with this additional unpredictable loss of funding. Both the House and the Senate have passed separate bills to address vouching funding moving forward. We are opposed to HB 9 as it would only provide temporary and partial relief to Ohio's public schools and the students that they serve. Under this legislation, new EdChoice vouchers would continue to be issued and deductions come from local schools. This plan would pose continued harm to the 7,000 students in Washington local schools. On behalf of the educators in my district, we fully support SB 89 as passed by the House as it would fund vouchers directly by the state rather than deduct funding from our school district. In addition, SB 89 would move away from the voucher eligibility being based on a report card system that we all know is flawed. The language of SB 89 as passed by the House is the best path moving forward. It maintains support for our current voucher recipients through grandfathering and moves toward direct funding of vouchers rather than removing vital funding from local school districts. On behalf of my colleagues, our students, and my own children, one of which is with us tonight, I urge the members of this committee and our legislative leaders to come to a resolution on this issue that will not result in further harm to our public schools and the students that we serve. This concludes my testimony. Thank you for providing me the opportunity to share my thoughts with all of you tonight. Good evening, Chairman Jones and conference committee members. Today, I come in front of this body as a public school board member, champion for students of public education against the expansion of EdChoice Voucher. I represent Washington local schools from Toledo and Lucas County. Washington local schools, I'm proud to say that I'm a Whitmer High School graduate. Post-secondary, I earned two graduate degrees, a master's in health administration and a master's of science in nursing. Currently, I work as a clinical nursing director at a renowned university health system. In addition, I'm entering my third year as a Washington Local School Board member with past responsibilities as being board vice president as well as president. My wife and I made the commitment to send all of our children to Washington Local Schools from kindergarten through graduation. Our last child is a freshman at Whitmer High School. Our two oldest are in college. My daughter is a junior pursuing middle school education who's been on the dean's list throughout her college career. My son, who graduated last year, finished ninth in his graduating class from Whitmer and was accepted into his college pro program of civil engineering as an entering freshman. Based on a faulty grade card system that this body of legislation is utilizing as the Littman's test to determine the expansion of ed choice and to classify a school or school district as failing, my children should be in academic distress. In fact, based on the established metrics this legislation wants to utilize as a benchmark, my children should not have advanced past their educational careers in Washington Local and never made it into college, let alone displaying success at the collegiate level. As for my daughter in high school, she's been on an IEP through her years in Washington Local. The services that she's been provided has helped her reach the honor roll status. 
Last week, I voted to have earmark wellness dollars moved into the general fund to reduce deficit spending and protect our bond rating as we prepare to build new schools after a successful levy and bond campaign. Our voters passed a levy for Washington local schools, not for Ed Choice vouchers. Washington Local is, cap, is a capped school district losing $14 million per year under an identified unconstitutional school funding structure by the Ohio Supreme Court. Adding insult to injury, we now have the risk of edge choice dollars being taken from our district as well. Based on a faulty grade card system and a potential significant expansion of the edge choice voucher, Washington Local Schools will be crippled if majority vote is decided to turn backs on public education. Sadly, most of the children utilizing vouchers in private schools in our local community have far worse standardized test scores than our own Washington local students. I don't stand in front of you voicing against parents' choice where they decide to educate their children. I stand in front of you requesting that all children in public education have a fair and equal opportunity to receive the appropriate funding they deserve to reach his or her utmost potential. Please do not force school districts to ration service and educational opportunities by deciding between food over medicine. Thank you for your time. I'll take any questions you may have. Thank you for your testimony. Questions from the committee? Senator Fetter. Thank Fetter. you, Mr. Chairman, and, and welcome to the Education Committee. And, and I know we went door to door quite a bit to try to get that levy passed for new schools and it's unfortunate now that we have to use the wellness money to help fill the gaps for the voucher students you weren't expecting and have to really try to figure out that five-year forecast and you're one of many, many school districts in Ohio. Um, do you think it's the state's responsibility to send hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars of our tax dollars to unaccountable uh, private schools that are not performing, in fact, um, the science um, proficiency rates in grades three through eight, there's a 32% difference between the voucher students and the public school students. And we know the voucher students are not performing up to par. I think it's unfortunate that any tax dollars that are removed from public education to support schools that are labeled as private or parochial that are doing far less is a shame and a crime. To suggest that we are not doing our job as public education to take our funds to a better opportunity that is performing far worse than us is not constitutional. Thank you. Another thing that happens is that a voucher can be issued even if the student never attended the so-called failing school. There are some students who have received EdChoice vouchers and currently are attending private schools, and most of them are from families that can afford the tuition. They just happen to live in an area with a school on the voucher list. Parents who want vouchers make the argument that they should have a choice where to send their children to school. No one is saying they shouldn't, but if they make the choice to send the children to private school, then they should pay for it themselves if they have a low income, then the private school community should help pay for the tuition like has happened for the years before they discovered vouchers. I also find it ironic that when the vouchers started to hit suburban schools, 
Now people are upset. As long as they were getting a pass with the flawed report cards, they only and that and that they only affected urban schools, it was all good. Or at least the suburban schools didn't complain as loudly as they are doing now. If a Catholic school is in danger of closing for lack of students, they never ask why that school isn't putting out a better product. I am not convinced that a private school education is better than a properly funded public school education. A government-run common school that takes all children is better for society and contributes to the prosperity of the country. Are there broken schools and school district? Sure, but if we are going to steal tax dollars from the public schools and give it to the unaccountable private schools, then how is that going to fix the broken schools? If you want to indoctrinate your child in your religious beliefs by sending them to a religious private school, then so be it. But I don't want my tax dollars paying for it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Glass City Humanist. For further information, notes, and links, check out the episode page at glasscityhumanist.show. This show is written and produced by Douglas Berger, and he is solely responsible for the content. Comments and complaints can be left on the website or sent to listener comments at glasscityhumanist.show. We are sponsored in part by the Secular Humanists of Western Lake Erie, and they can be reached at humanistswle.org. The theme music used on Glass City Humanist is Your Call by Kevin McLeod from filmmusic.io and is licensed through creativecommons.org as Attribution 4.0 International. Thank you and see you next time.